podcast where best friends and next door neighbors, Willow and Lillian, spill the tea on murder, mysteries, and other things that go bump in the night. So get your favorite teacup ready and let's get into it. Welcome to Cruel Tea Podcast. This is Lillian. And as always, is Willow. Or did it different that time? Jesus Christ. Hi, I guys. Got, well, I got tired of saying it, like, halfway through. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, I, I was going to do something cool, and then I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, fuck it. Fuck this. We just unthawed. We just done thawed. Just, just now. So it's funny. I live on a street called Summit. It's not funny. Because it's, the like, the top of the mountain. Oh, Six days, I haven't been able to, able to go anywhere. That means I've been out of Diet Coke. I've been out of vape juice. And I've eaten nothing but fucking beans. And, like, I'm, I'm great at cooking, y'all. And I know people say that and then they're lying. I'm not. It's true. Willow can attest. I can cook like a motherfucker. Yeah. It's why I'm fat. Can make good food. But I looked the other day at my giant plate of beans and I was just like, fuck this. I've lost 15 fucking pounds just because I've been eating beans for like a week. God. I don't want that diet. It sucks. I was like, this is what it's like to just, to have life be sad, is just beans. It's just fucking, you know, I look on like TikToks and stuff and like, here's what I ate today and it was just this lettuce. I'd rather just be a chunker, man. Anyway, we live on top of a mountain and I had tried three days ago to go to the store and to the vape shop because Jesus Christ. And I got my... Co- I'll be honest, the only... If it weren't for the vape, I wouldn't have gone. But I was just like vaping on a burnt coil with some like old emergency vape juice and it was nasty. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I got my car stuck. So I was like, fine. And I walked my crippled... Fat ass home, half a mile uphill in the snow. That's a thing I did. And I am in so much pain that I've decided to exercise now because that's ridiculous. That's stupid. I don't care if I'm disabled. That's dumb. I've got to do something. But anyway, the whole street thawed. The whole thing by today was 60 degrees out today. (laughs) I get to my stupid car. It's the only part of the street that didn't fucking thaw. I know. We were talking about that, how like... On one side of the road, there was, like, it was in the shade, so there was, like, icicles. There was, like, huge-ass icicles on the way to town. And then on the other side, it was, like... Springtime. Springtime. (laughs) It's, like, 62 degrees over here and 12 degrees over here. Well, like, I could... Number one, I almost died just getting into my car. Mm -hmm. And then I had to let it roll backwards, like, 100 feet. And am I good at driving backwards? No. No. She cannot parallel park. No, I can't. And I refuse to learn. Mm -hmm. If I'm in town, I make a police officer do it. Protect and serve, pig. Park my car. I will get out and just start yelling, Park my car! Park my car! Until someone does. Jesus. (laughs) Anyway, I finally got out. And that's why I'm all puffy-tailed. Is I got my vape juice and I'm looking at it. Mmm, candy smoke. So good. Got me some Diet Cokes. Promptly started my period. Jesus Christ. Bleeding to death. I don't know. It's just... This, like, last week and this week is stupid. I don't like it. I'm done. I'm broke and I'm tired and I'm bleeding and I just hate everyone. But I don't hate this case, Willow. Mm -mm. 
It's a good one. It's one of New Zealand's most famous murder cases. And that's why you've never heard of it. It's weird that I've never heard of it. It isn't because it's never talked about in the U.S. because we're not New Zealand. And, like, I don't hear a lot about New Zealand in general. I just know Lord of the Rings was filmed there. I've heard a lot of Australian murder cases. Well, Australia is like the Texas of England. Oh, pew I pew, Australia, g'day, yeah. you know, crocodiles. I forgot that there was even a tie there. There's a tie. It yeah. was a prison colony. It would. I, I always forget that. For it some would reason. serve. I know that, that that's like a fact, but it's it not something that's like in the frontal part. It just of my won't memory. stay in there. Won't stay in there. Falls right out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so New Zealand. New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So, what does director Peter Jackson, who did the Lord of the Rings movie trilogy, have to do with today's case, Willow? They did the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Well, yeah, but it's more than just... But it's it? from New Zealand. I know. Well, he made a movie about it called Heavenly Creatures. Why do, It sounds so familiar, but I can't... like. Well, good luck fi- trying to fucking stream it anywhere, because really? I did try, and it's not available right now. I was pissed off, because I really wanted to watch it. I'd watched it a long, long time ago, and I was like 15, on the Independent Film Channel, mm-hmm. and I was like, ooh, naughty. Because it was rated R. And I was like, naughty. Some lesbians in it. And there was, and I was excited. Because Kate Winslet is hot. Oh, She's beautiful. Such a good actress. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you may have seen it. But you probably haven't. And if you want to see it, good luck. I do recommend it. Like, so if you could, like, buy it or something. I totally would. It's worth worth it. It's, It's one where, like... I think it's really Peter Jackson's best movie. It won a couple Oscars, so it's a good one. And so this month's theme, as we've mentioned 4,000 fucking times, is Lovers Who Kill. And the two girls in this case were definitely in love, though I'm not sure it was, like, sexual love. And I'll, I'll talk about that. Okay. And I want to talk first about what it is like to be a teenage girl. Not everyone listening has been a teenage girl. That's true. Most of our listeners have been, mm-hmm. but not all. Listen, when you become friends with someone, when you're a teenage girl, oh, my goodness. and they are your best friend, mm-hmm. it is a love unparalleled to any mm-hmm. love you will have in your life. It is intense. It is obsessive, kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. It borders on being like in romantic love with and someone. And sometimes you do it together. Sometimes you do, even though it's weirdly not sexual. Some, I mean, it is and it isn't. It's so, it just blurs all the lines. Making out with your best friend in high school, it's, like, just, it's just something you do all the time. Yeah. I made out with all my best friends in high <laughs> yeah. school. Started a cult about it. <laughs> Talked about that briefly. Yeah. But yeah, that this is kind of one of those cases. And I think anybody from the outside looking in on this case is going to assume that they are, they are lesbians. It's just a little more complicated than that, and I don't think so. So, but well, like I said, maybe they were a little bit of both. Oh, I don't know. But we'll get into it, okay. and we'll 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 think about it. We'll ponder it. We will. Yes. <laughs> I want to start with Pauline Yvonne Parker, who was born on May twenty sixth, nineteen thirty eight, in Christchurch, New Zealand, to Honora and Herbert Raper. She was their That's second. A terrible last name. She's not good. I don't know how else to say it. I don't like it. It could be Reaper, but I, that's not good either. So yeah, I'd rather Reaper here. than Raper. Now, why do we call her Parker? 
it's because her parents weren't ever married. And mm. so when the court case came out, she went by her mother's maiden name. I would too. Yes. I would rather be Parker. Good call. Good call. <laughs> she was their second daughter, and her childhood was difficult. At age five, she was diagnosed with a painful bone marrow infection. And it was like, Ugh. and it went this type, I'm not going to try and pronounce this. It's osteo, bunch of words. Yeah. But it would affect younger people, usually in their arms or legs. And it would just re just constant infections of the bone marrow. My bone, the insides of my bones instantly started hurting whenever you talked about oh, it. Oh, it was excruciating. I can't imagine. She had to undergo many, many painful treatments and surgeries that left her with horrible chronic leg pain throughout her youth and as a result Pauline couldn't participate in gym class or recess or any normal childhood running arounds she turned to art and writing instead and had a real aptitude for sculpting with clay Mm. it's important to talk about her illness because to me it shaped who she was yeah Um, is it something that happened like her whole life or was it just when she was little well I mean it happened when she was little but it affected her her whole life okay because she walked with a pronounced limp Um, she really couldn't, her leg pain was off and on, but chronic and constant. And so she couldn't like participate in sports. And that was like a big deal in New Zealand in the like forties and fifties was playing sports. Mm -hmm. And she, she couldn't Well, and that's how friendships are bonded, you know, at that time too. Extracurricular activities. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I remember like going out at recess and just like finding a friend and had I not played with them that day, I wouldn't have had that friend. Well, I mean... When I was 20, I was in a really bad car accident that put me in a wheelchair for two years. I had to relearn how to walk. 18 months of really painful physical therapy. Yeah, it fucks you up. Chronic pain like that fucks you up. It makes you depressed. And she, I can definitely see this in Pauline. And, you know, she's often described of the two girls, the ugly one. She wasn't ugly. I hate that, though. There's always gotta be the pretty one and the ugly one. Like, I... Ugh. And the way they talk about the other girl, Juliet, is like they just raise her to like mythic standards of hotness. They were just little girls, like calm the fuck down. But she probably considered herself pretty plain. Right. So, like when she was a kid, if you can imagine, and started at the age of five, she is stuck in bed for years with these surgeries ongoing. To save her life and to save her arms and legs. Right. But she's seeing other little kids, like, outside playing, and it kind of made her maladjusted. Absolutely. It made her socially awkward. Absolutely. And definitely envious of other girls. I can see that a thousand percent. I would be in the same boat. Yeah. And her father later said in interviews that she was very private and, like, kind of shut in, and but she had a rebellious streak. I mean, she was kind of shy, but she wasn't meek. I think okay. it's important mm-hmm. to, like... Because mm-hmm. anytime you meet someone who's shy, people automatically think you're a little meek, milk-toast, mush-mouth person. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maris is shy. Mm-hmm. But that's the least meek individual on the face of this earth. Yes. Not a pushover. Yes. Like, his family thinks so. Mm-hmm. They believe I made him trans, by the way. Mm-hmm. You can't make Maris put on pants. Like, you can't... There's yeah. n- If he doesn't want to, it ain't happening. So, like I said, Pauline's parents never married, and you got to understand the times. That is not a big deal today. It was awful back in the 30s and 40s and 50s. Like, you were just sinful and shameful. It was considered shameful and strange. And it, it was kind of something they kept a secret, even from their children. Their oldest daughter, Wendy, was a good daughter, and I do the air bunnies there. Mm-hmm. 
And never gave him any trouble. She was an affectionate, bright, happy girl, well-adjusted. Well, this left Pauline as a stark contrast. They had two more children, but they were also a family shame, the children. One of them was born with some sort of congenital defect. Oh, yeah. And no, like my, my case that I'm studying that's going to air next yeah. is full of this. Like, everybody's like, oh. They're born with a defect. Fuck them. Oh, that's that's how they, this was. They're not, yeah. like, what we think is, like, supreme beauty. Like, fuck them. Like, they just... Like, I want to say it was Down like syndrome or something similar, but they institutionalized that child, and, y'all, I researched the shit out of this. I could not find the gender of that child or oh even a name. Oh, my God, that breaks my heart. The youngest was born with a heart defect and died while still in infancy. It's called, they were born a blue baby, which means they didn't get enough oxygen, and they died shortly after they were born. Um, But, wow, lots of congenital defects there, y'all. I just don't understand why it's just so profusely shunned. Well, I mean, I get it, but it's not cool. We... Look, all throughout history, we've discriminated discriminated against women, people of color, and people with disabilities. I think a lot of it suck. has to do with, like, the church thinking that any type of, like, physical deformity or disability was demonic. Or God punishing you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hate that hate shit. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think... I'm not blaming the parents, by the way, but, man, if you have kids with clear congenital, like, defect issues, maybe not have a whole bunch more. I don't know. Maybe stop. If you're going to hate them. Yeah, if you can't hate If you're, like, going to just ship them off or consider them a family shame, maybe just not. No, I've I've worked with special needs kids, and I just, I love them. I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine being that way. I turned down genetic testing all three times when I was pregnant because I was like, look, I'm having it. Yeah. I always did it, just so I knew. But, like, if, if I did find out, I'm like, cool. Hell yeah. I just like to know more about my baby when I'm pregnant, you know. Yeah, like I just didn't cool. want to pay extra. I'm cheap. Anyway, so Herbert, Pauline's father, ran a moderately successful wholesale fish company. Now I don't know what that means. I'm going to guess... Sell fish. I'm going to sell fish. Who is a fish seller? Yeah. Honora was a housewife and homemaker. Herbert was described as a small and gentle little man. Literally, they described him as a little man many <laughs> times. Why are we so shitty to short dudes? Little man. Same in my case, too. Yeah. It, it's really stop! Weird. I know. Number I know. one, they are fun-sized. Mm-hmm. I like short ones. And everybody's, like, super, like, bitchy. Like, like about, like, average height. It's always, like, an average height. It's like, well, this this guy had the audacity to be 5'6". And it's like, well, that's just... That's not that bad. That's not that short. Like, no. what are you talking about? That's very average. I dated a guy who was 4'9". That's awesome. Hot. Yes. Hot as hell. Yes. He looked like Prince. He was so handsome. And like, I don't know. I don't like it. I feel like it's kind of misogyny because women are shorter typically. Mm-hmm. I'm 5'10 yes. mm-hmm. and a half. Mm-hmm. My husband is 5'4. Mm-hmm. I think he's. Ooh. Y'all, go stalk my Facebook and go look at my beautiful Dracula husband. He is just. <laughs> he's so hot. I don't care if he's five feet, like four feet tall, whatever. It's small. I don't give a shit. Stupid. Anyway, <laughs> quit calling him a little man. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Pauline had a strained relationship with her parents. They fought because she was a weird 
maladjusted girl with strange ideas. She was just really creative and a little weird. I kind of relate. How She can't help it. She's a cripple in bed. Yeah. What is she going to do? Stare at the wall? She just thought of stories. That's how she coped, and they yeah. thought that was weird. So her family wasn't poor, but they were working class. Like many people, they lived paycheck to paycheck, and Pauline wasn't particular pop, particularly popular in school and seemed, you know, kind of envious of, like, classmates who had it better Absolutely. than she did, which Same. I totally understand. There's a lot of pressure. I was that, too, that way, too. And again, she, because she lived with this chronic pain, she was awkward. It was hard for her to make friends. And though her family wasn't religious, she attended a Methodist church with her older sister. And this was likely to make friends because they were always attending like the church outings and the church yeah, activities. Yeah, for sure. But she met the person who would forever alter the course of her life at her school, Christ Church Girls High School. And that girl's name was Juliette Marion Hume. Hume, excuse me. Juliet was born on October 28th, 1938 in Black Hearth, London. I gotta give it to you, England. That's a cool name. Black Hearth, London. Damn, that sounds like the devil come from when there. When was her birthday again? October 28th. Not the 26th. I know, it's two days after my birthday. She was the... This is fascinating, by the way. She was the daughter of an English physicist named Dr. Henry Hume... One of the acclaimed British scientists who developed the British H-bomb. Oh, okay. I was wondering why that sounded familiar whenever you said that. I remember reading that somewhere. Yeah. Interesting. Juliet's mother, Hilda, was cold and aristocratic. I like the name Hilda. I do too. Juliet had a bro brother who was five years younger, and his name was Jonathan. Her mother and father separated after Juliet and Pauline became friends. And I'm going to get into that later, because it kind of goes along into how everything turned out. It was really hard to even find out Juliet mother's her mother's name. Which is mm. not talked about. Because I guess because her dad was kind of famous. Stupid. Like, why you are would, we making research so hard? You would think that if the dad was famous that his wife would be famous. Or at least no. Well, because they divorced and it was her fault. I think that's why she's not in the papers or research very much. Because that was shameful, remember? Shameful shame! Yeah, this whole case had that problem. Juliet, like I said, was from a well-to-do family, but like Pauline, was plagued with health problems. When she was little, Juliet was diagnosed with tuberculosis. She had it in one lung. Before her family moved to New Zealand, she had stayed in the Caribbean and South Africa because warm, humid climates were supposed to help with her condition. Like Pauline, she had to sit out at gym class, and that's where the two of them met, and quickly bonded over their shared maladies. This would be a good movie. It was a good I, movie. Mm. <laughs> I thought you said you couldn't find it. I'm so annoyed. Yeah. I, I can't, I'm so broke, I can't afford to buy it. It's like $10. And I was like, really? We're at the stage, like, eating no. piles of beans, no $10 to buy a movie? I know. I might as well lay on the ground and just let <laughs> nature take its course. <laughs> You're just blanking. I would. I'm a side sleeper, though, so I'd probably just roll over in the dirt, cover myself with leaves. <laughs> I'm so grumpy today. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> so their friendship became intense fast. They both liked writing and reading and started creating their own fantasy story that they could write together. 
There's stories centered around, it's so silly too. There's stories centered around famous actors that were venerated as saints and handsome, dashing male characters they invented. They were boy crazy. Mm-hmm. And their stories were very, I, okay, so I looked up, I wanted to read their stories. They'd been destroyed after the, after oh. the trial. Yeah, which made me sad. Yeah. But some of it is still in like the court minutes because they, of course, use that as evidence against them. But it was very, not poorly written stuff at all, but it was very dramatic and lots of love affairs and bedroom scenes and a lot of murder and violence. It was very silly. Yeah. <clears throat> but I love it very much. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of me as a teenager because I definitely had a best friend like that. that yes. I was just madly in love with. I had, yes. Shout out to Rachel Craig, who I am still really good friends with to this day. I loved her very much and still do. She's a badass. So their their world, they created celebrated art and music and had no use for Christianity. Poop. (laughs) Poop. And they lost themselves in this world entirely. At night, both of them would sneak out and pretend to be their characters which is just really nerdy and cute. So sweet. (laughs) And it's super harmless. Look. Okay, I'm going to take a minute. I can't shit on him for LARPing. I did that, basically. I role-played. That's how I met my husband. Right. In a world of Warcraft, which makes me cringe forever. I played that game for, like, 17 years. Until all the, like, sexual harassment allegations against the Blizzard CEOs came out. And then I was like, I'm not giving them my $15 a month. They can eat shit. Now I play Elder Scrolls online. You can find me on there. I'm a dark elf. Or a high elf slutty vampire. It's fun. Of course I am. But that's just so cute, (laughs) Yeah. And they're just like... Yes, they made costumes, they made <gasps> sculptures of the characters, oh, they made man. art. Okay, I forgot to pay attention to what year this is. This is like or what time frame? Early 1950s. Oh, they were they were doing all of this like doing miniatures of uh-huh. their Oh yeah, they were into and, it. Like full on into it before it even was a thing. Yes. Oh, I love them so much. I'm so Thank sad you. that they're going to be murderers because I love them. <laughs> murderers. Murder. Yeah, it's oh, bad. Oh it's not no. good. It's so sad, well, though. Well, right now, before they do all the murdering, I do love this part. I love them. Yes. Okay. However, Pauline's parents started to worry about the intensity of their friendship. So back then, it was illegal in New Zealand to be homosexual. Yeah. Yeah. And they worried that the girls yeah. were lesbians. Homosexuality at the time meant they would take you to the local sanitarium and give you a frontal lobe lobotomy. Yeah. No shit. Or for put shit. you in jail. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. Usually the men were put in jail. It's awesome. Whew. It was considered a mental illness. That's and so it further strained the relationship Pauline had with her parents. Juliet's parents didn't like it either. In fact, her dad would frequently call Pauline's dad and be like, what are we going to do? They're gay. And Herbert was like, I don't think so. I just think they're friends. I don't know. Herbert just didn't want anything to do with any of this shit. He was a, a little man who was very gentle. And what they're trying to say, he was a big pussy and he didn't want in the middle of any of this bullshit. He wanted to like puff his pipe and put on his slippers and just la 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 la. 
I want to do that. <laughs> Same. I want to puff my pipe and put on my... I will later. I don't have slippers because I don't like things on my foots. It's a foot prison. It's sweaty. Gross. Ew. Wish I didn't have feet. Anyway. Jesus Christ. I don't like feet. What's the opposite of a foot fetishist? I fucking hate feet. They're just... Have you ever seen a foot where you're like, that's an all right foot? I'm just like, oh, it's fucked up. Put that away. <laughs> yes. Yep. yep. But unlike Pauline's parents, Juliet's parents didn't like care as much because they were kind of distracted by their own marital problems. Mm. Any attempt to separate them or limit their time together caused the girls to weep hysterically or even get, like, physically sick. Like, they would completely withdraw, they'd go silent, and they'd, like, mm-hmm. get sick and, like, mm-hmm. waste away. Mm-hmm. Pauline began keeping serious secrets from her parents. Juliet had a pony and was part of a club for girls who love horses. They're just so textbook teenage girl. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, oh, my goodness. And at this time, <laughs> Juliet... the lesbian handbook? <laughs> a little bit. Pauline desperately wanted to hang out with her friend at the pony club, and she wanted a pony, too. And so she asked her parents, May I please have a pony? Mommy, Daddy, I want a pony. (laughs) I'm not, I can't do a New Zealand accent. It's going to be British. I wasn't even trying. (laughs) I do love New Zealand, though. Fly to the Concord. Hell yeah. This is my favorite. They're so cute. Anyway. So when her parents were like, fucking no, you can't have a pony. She'd already gotten a pony three weeks ago and had been hiding it in like this field behind her house. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) That is so cool. Juliet was just like, just fucking buy a pony. What are they going to do? Say no when you already have the pony. And to this day, nobody knows where she got the money for the pony. They think she just stole it. And I agree. She probably just stole it. I love that. And so when her parents were like, no, she's like, well, I already have a fucking pony. Well, fuck you. Ta-da. And I've been keeping it for three weeks. And they're like, fine. I I mean, you have the pony. What can I do? They were afraid she would just tear the house down. So they're like, go ahead and have the pony. I find that hilarious. Wow. That's great. She'd also been carrying on with a boy and having a sexual relationship. How old is she? She's 16. Oh. Okay. Yeah, see, that's about right. Again, during the 50s, this was a big deal and a big no-no. Mm-hmm. She only slept with a boy once, and it was recorded in her diary. And Juliet seemed less interested, but I think it was because of her fucking health problems. She was very, Juliet was very sick. Yeah. This whole time. It's really hard to, like, get super excited about sexy time. When When you're, like, like, coughing yourself to death. And you're just very, yeah, you're in a lot of pain. Yeah. Juliet's parents eventually decided to end their marriage. And the reason is, is that Juliet had caught her mother, Hilda, in bed with another man. Dun, dun, dun. And her and Pauline talked about that. Of course they did. And she hated her mom for teenage reasons. Mm -hmm. And so she told her dad, and that ended their marriage. So her dad and their, Juliet's dad and mom talked, and they thought it would make it a lot easier on Juliet if they sent her to South Africa to live with relatives. It would help her handle the divorce. You know, she wouldn't be around it. Plus, the climate would be better for her tuberculosis, and it would solve the problem of her too close friendship with Pauline. Holy shit. Because they believed the girls were yeah. gay. Yeah. So were they gay? 
Juliet, who later changed her name to Anne Perry, has repeatedly denied that her and Pauline had a sexual relationship of any kind, though she did say the friendship was codependent and obsessive. The diary makes that seem a little iffy, and I'll tell you why. Okay. There are entries where Pauline says her and Juliet pretended that the saints and their stories made love to them and that they were both very satisfied. So what I get from that is that they... Masturbated together. Yeah, but yeah. they didn't touch each other. Yeah. And if they did... Uh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I They just made this so salacious. And it's yeah. a big part in the movie. Peter Jackson clearly thinks they're gay because they sure are gay in the movie. But he handled it pretty tastefully. And I think it blurred the lines, but it was just experimentation that teenagers do. Just yeah. about all of them. Yeah. Boys and girls. Yeah. Yeah. We have a, we have a saying that's like, uh, buy until proven straight. Basically, <laughs> or gay, or whatever, but like all people are pretty much bi. Kind of. And, I feel like it's a scale. Yeah. We're all a little gay or very gay. Yeah. I feel like I'm just a little straight. Yeah. Just barely. Yeah. And I was straighter, and then men happened. I'm like, well, you're cute, but boy, you just suck so fucking much. I won't get on that tangent today. I just won't. <laughs> But they were both clearly super fucking boy crazy. They were, like, really gushing about, like, handsome actors. All of their stories were heteronormative. Like, all of them was just guys and girls getting it on. Yeah. Big wieners everywhere. It sounds a lot like my teenage. I think the media wanted to make it more than it was. I think they were platonically in love. Like, the only way best girlfriends can be when they're teenagers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we give enough credit to platonic love. Why is it less than? Right. I mean, my friends mean a lot to me. Mm -hmm. And I treat them like family. It feels like very close to family love for me. Mm -hmm. And the beginning of the friendship, isn't that the best? Where you're just so excited to learn about the other person. Yeah, and you get to, like, you go out on, like, basically dates. You you, do. You definitely date your friends. Yeah. Definitely. And you should. And you should. It's so yes. healthy and good for you. Yes. And friendship breakups hurt me. They're the worst. They hurt me worse than, than romantic breakups. Because romantic breakups, I can just, like, wash my hands of it and be like, you know what? Fuck you. We're done. But, or or just, you know, just go our separate ways. But friendships. Because they're not dead. They, they're still around. and Well, and because they're not sexual. It just it they, deepened get, it in your, other your ways. Your souls get closer when there's not that sexual tension. I agree with that. You know what I mean? And yeah, so I just I feel like their souls got really close. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? I feel so sad for them. Okay, mm-hmm. so regardless, Juliet's upcoming move to South Africa devastated the girls. Yeah. Juliet refused to go unless Pauline could come with her. Oh. She's like, I'm not going. And her dad said, uh, the fuck you're not. And Pauline said, just begged her parents, please just let me go with her. And it was really her mother who was the biggest naysayer. She was like, hell no. Be nice. (laughs) Cause I put yourself in the shoes. No, I was, yeah, I was putting myself in her shoes and like the girl's shoes. I'm like, I was a batch. (laughs) I was a batch. No, I'm just shipping them too hard. Put yourself in 
honor his shoes and just be like, fucking no, you can't go to South Africa, you ding-dong. That's several countries away. That's exactly what I would say. Well, remember when producer Will was in that relationship with that trifling hoe? (laughs) And I do get to call her that because she cheated on him. I can call a child a hoe. The child's an adult now, so I can say that. Use a hoe. Anyway, it was the start of the pandemic. I made my children watch the movie Contagion, which is probably fucked up. It's a very scary movie. It's probably the most realistic movie about a pandemic ever made. Mm -hmm. And there's this scene where the teenage daughter of Matt Damon wants to break quarantine to go see her boyfriend. I'm sitting there with my children on the couch and I say, hey guys, look at this idiot. Why do writers even do this? No kid would behave this way. Literally, two days later, Will is screaming that he will kill himself if he doesn't get to go be with his girlfriend. And he was identifying as he then. That's what I'm telling the story that way. So, yeah. uh, I brushed it off as silly teenage theatrics, and I'm sure Pauline's parents did, too. Right. Because Pauline's like, I'm going to die. Don't you care. Lots of threats, and they're just like, oh, man. Okay. Yes. They just thought as soon as this girl is gone to South Africa, we get to have our daughter back. That's true. Okay, I can see it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boop-a-doo. And it, I feel really sad about that because they were such good friends. Right. And I wish the parents had been a little more understanding. It's really hard, especially in certain, like, especially in, like, that time period, like... There's so many different rules, and society is completely different than it is today. Yeah, society is very, very strict, and, like, parents of that time had that, just a lot of, um... There's shit they did back then we would, it would be child abuse today. Right, but there was, I mean, there was that outside, like... Like, society was, like, pressuring them to be this way. Like, you had to be this way. And if you didn't... It was you're not going to get a job. To not do you're this. not going to have a family, mm-hmm. and that's the worst. You'll mm-hmm. just be on Skid Row and homeless and dead. Yeah, or in a sanatorium because that's where they stuck you if you didn't do right. Right. So they didn't want that for their kid, and I kind of I do empathize and understand where they're coming from, even mm-hmm. if I disagree with it. Right. Absolutely. So it was around that time that Pauline's diary entries took a super dark turn. Mm-hmm. The girls saw Honora, Pauline's mother, as the main obstacle. To not only their friendship, but their dreams. So Pauline and Juliet wanted to go to America and publish their novels and sell the film film rights to Hollywood. Hell yeah. And they knew that that was going to be hard. And they thought they'd... (laughs) This is so silly. They thought they'd become prostitutes to see their way through. Why not? And I mean... I mean, you're 16. Don't do that, but still. Yeah, underage. Please do not. Sex work is a valid way to make money. However, they had a particularly rosy view of it. And yeah. they were like, ooh, hot guys are going to pay us to do it. No. Oh, honey, that's Mm-mm. not what's going to happen. No. Mm-mm. And especially Mm-mm. back then when it was so illegal. I mean, it's still illegal in much of the country today, which is stupid. But it was dangerous illegal. And still, I mean, it still yeah. is. It shouldn't yeah. be. But I don't want to get too sidetracked on that. They just... They had a romanticized Gosh. view idea. of everything. Yeah. They were very sheltered. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thirty something, and what what day is it? 
But, you know, I still have a vaguely romanticized view of the world, even though I'm so fucking scarred. You, know? you do, kind of. I still do. I still do. Especially of people. It makes yeah. me want to shake you real hard. I know. Until because you cry. I just think that things can be really great. They can, but not that It's not way. true. <laughs> it's true, but not the way you think it is. No. Oh, Willow. <laughs> Don't worry. That's why God sent me to be your friend. Who? Is God. God. The Lord. You. Okay. The Lord thy God. <laughs> I got biblical. Yeah. I don't know why. That was weird. I was sent from somewhere to tell you to cut it out. Oh. Well. Because I'm very cynical and mean. I'm just like, you can't be friends with her. She's a bitch. Yeah, I said that once when I was right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What is Pitta? I know. I'm just in a mood, and it, I don't think it's good. But I'm trying to have a good time. This is what happens when I'm pissy, and I'm trying to have a good time. It's just scary. So this is so pitiful. But in Pauline's diary, when they start plotting the murder of Pauline's mother, she can't even write the word murder. Oh. She calls it moida. Me too. <laughs> God, I really was feeling for these people, and now all of a sudden they're saying Moida, because Moida. that's what I say too. Oh, no. I know. Oh, okay. We're here. Here we, we're, yeah. we're going yeah. down the road. Here we are. So, I just think it's so sad. I don't know why. They're just such children, is the answer. So the plot came to fruition on June 22nd, 1954, on a cold, gray winter's day. Remember, folks, in the summertime, it's actually the wintertime in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We all learned some. I mean, I already knew that, but maybe someone I else did. I have to remember that, like, all the time. Yeah. They all went out together, Honora, Pauline, and Juliet. They had gotten drinks at a refreshment kiosk in Victoria Park. Juliet walked ahead, colorful pebbles in her pocket, which was all a part of the plan. When she was far enough ahead, around a bend, she dropped the pebbles and scattered them on the ground. Juliet went a little farther ahead, and Honora noticed a pretty pink pebble on the ground. She bent to pick it up after Pauline remarked how lovely it was. And that's when Pauline struck. She in had public? There's nobody around, but yeah. <laughs> Look, this is not what a good the plan. Fuck? That's so ballsy. Yeah. Okay. She had taken half of a brick from her house and put it in the toe of an old stocking to make like a sling. Yeah. She swung it and she struck her mother over the head with it. And again and again, she struck her. They don't know. She had like 46 wounds. Jesus fucking Christ. She beat her to death. With both of them covered in Honora's blood, they ran to the drink kiosk and said that Honra had fallen and struck her head. They said they tried to carry her, but she was too heavy and probably already dead. A woman named Mrs. Ritchie ran the kiosk, and as she called her husband, she let the girls inside the kiosk to wash off their hands. As they were washing, she heard them laughing hysterically. Well, they're probably in shock, honestly. I mean, I'm trying to find some empathy here, but it's not good. Oh. Yeah. After the police arrived and saw the condition of the body, the girls were arrested. Yeah. And of course, the, the trial was just a fucking media shit show. They were both judged sane. And I find that, I mean, yeah, I guess in, in an illegal sense. Yeah. But they, oh they were still children. And they had really wound themselves up. They were so deep into their fantasy world. Like, Heavenly Creature 
Creatures, the movie, paints a really good picture of this. Mm. And I, I'm talking about that a little bit because it's hard to convey because it's visual. Right. And it was visual to them, too. These girls thought that they had a key inside of their brains that unlocked a door to the fourth world, is what they called it. Oh, we went this deep. Oh, girl, we went deep. Okay. We are way into you La know La Land. what this reminds me of? Hmm. The Slender Man. Yes. They're right yes. around the same age. They're in, you know... Involved in fantasy thinking mm-hmm, and pretend. Mm-hmm. And, so, and obsessive friendships. Obsessive friendships. Absolutely. And if, I will cover that case one of these you days. You should. It's a yeah. really good case. I really got into it. Yes. Hard, so. um, but I'm not going to get into it now. But what I will say is this. Your brain, the thing in your... The, the meat in your skull, mm-hmm. does not know the difference between reality and fantasy if you are role-playing. Yeah. If you are... Okay, and I'll give you an example. So, when I role-played in World of Stupid Fucking Warcraft, uh, I ran one of the most popular role-play guilds ever in the history of the fucking game, and I ran into this a lot. Someone would role-play with me, and we would role-play out a romantic relationship, and that person would fall in love with me. I mean, I have restraining orders because of this shit. And I would be so annoying, and I thought, who could ever do that? Anybody, anywhere, anytime. You're you're writing out these intense, yeah. romantic, sexual scenes with somebody. Your brain can't really tell the difference that you're not actually fucking them and having this with them. You're feeling all those feelings. Right. I mean, you cognitively know it's pretend, but all the hormones and synapses are firing. It lights up all the areas of the brain as if you were mm. actually doing the things you're talking about or writing about. And especially, like, whenever you're a teenager, like, whenever you're an adult, you can separate it and kind of, yes. kind of get Your a Your sense it. of reality but at that teenager, age. Yeah, 16 and 15, yes, by the way. Yes. Mm-mm. Yes. So, to them... Like, I think of, like, whenever... Like, we used to play D&D together, which we yeah. should definitely eventually get back into. That's fun. But yes. we... When, when I think about, like, the sessions that we've had in D&D... Like, it does go back to, like, the memory board that I uh-huh. would have, like, actual memories. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember when yes. this character did this and this character did this and we Just did Just like this. it happened to me. I can visualize it in my brain. Exactly. You know? Um, and, and it's that's, very interesting that you said that. Yes, I wanted to point that out because we don't talk about that a lot. But it's, I want to go back to the Kentucky Fried Vampires case. If y'all haven't listened to that, I'm sorry. It's one of my funniest. You should. <laughs> um, again, they're role-playing. Right. They got to the point right. where they legitimately believed they were vampires. Absolutely. And y'all, I have, in my youth, convinced myself of some real interesting things mm-hmm. that I'm not going to talk about. Mm-hmm. But the point is, were they sane? Sure. Their brains were But they were in an altered like, state. Like clay. You know what I mean? Like Play-Doh. Like they're very, very malleable at that yes. age. They're not developed until 25. So at this point, Yeah. Those fantasies are real. And Pauline's mother just became the villain of this story. I'm not trying to, like, take away from what they did. It was fucked up. Right. It was fucked up. Right. And I, I'm i not trying to give Juliet a pass, but it really was mostly Pauline's urging. Yeah. It was. And, I mean, it's just... I don't know. Pauline was kind of envious of Juliet, who mm-hmm. was a pretty girl. Mm-hmm. Um she got more attention from mm-hmm. like the school because she was new and I do think that there was some envy there yeah, absolutely. and it darkened the tone mm-hmm. right away and it went down 
a really obsessive path with both of them. Like, they didn't want each other to have other friends. They didn't want each other to have boyfriends, which sounds sexual, but it wasn't. They just didn't want anything to take away from their time together. And, it, like, them being together was, like, their identity, basically. It was. Because mm-hmm. it didn't, each of them didn't really have one until they met. Right. And what happens whenever you, like, force to end an identity, it's basically killing you. That's right? how they felt. If they right? were separated, they'd die. Exactly. Because their identity would be gone. And so, basically, in their mind, the mother was a threat to their life. To their life. Well, and to their world. Like, it would end the world. It was apocalyptic to them. Yes, absolutely. And so, while I'm not excusing or condoning what they did... No, we're just trying to understand it. I'm just trying to understand why they felt driven to this extreme. I remember being this age, and I remember being very much like this, and I hated my adopted mother. And now, I went the opposite way. I wanted to, like, you know... Be suicidal about it but I remember being in these shoes thinking that you know if this person was just gone or you know whatever I think more than they wanted her dead they wanted her gone and to leave them alone yes and I think yes. if the parents had just let the friendship play its course yes nothing bad would have happened and they wouldn't have been gay they weren't gay they yeah. just loved each other platonically and it does blur the lines with friends sometimes but I don't think it would have gone that way because mm-hmm. neither one of them are gay today so there's that. As they were minors, they were both found guilty, obviously. Like, it right. only took the jury two hours. Covered like, their, Pauline confessed. She's like, I killed her. Yes, I did. And I planned it. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Mm-hmm. As to, like, remorse, they, they were immediately remorseful. But, like, they were just, I think, shell-shocked. Yeah. Yeah. And they were just humiliated, too. Like, all their private things were read out in court. And in the papers. These are children. And it was just humiliating. I just, I really don't think that children's court cases should be aired like that. Well, they usually aren't. But this was in 1954. So So nobody cared. No, there weren't any precedents for it yet. Children were still considered property around that time. Yeah, Yeah. But because they were children, they were sentenced to prison to be released at Her Majesty's pleasure. Usually that meant 25 years but in their case, it meant five. Wow. They were never to see each other again. And they didn't. Wow. Mm-hmm. Juliet was released and went on to change her name to Ann Perry. She is a detective fiction writer and has had like a huge amount of success. Oh, wow. Yes. That's awesome. She also converted to Mormonism, which is less awesome. Less. Less. I think she needed it. She needed the structure. She needed it. And she kind of said that, pretty much. pretty nutty structure. Yeah. I'd go a different structure, though. She has several times re- expressed remorse publicly for her actions. Oh, saying they, that, they What's the worst? Dis- no. Because <laughs> it's the underwear, right? Oh, stop it, it's a cult. Pauline also served five years in prison and went on to become a children's writing instructor. Because the pony thing ended up taking. She said the only time she felt not crippled was when she was riding a horse. Horses are... Equestrian therapy is really, really big for all types of it's, I love fucking horses Absolutely. so much. She changed her name to Hillary Nathan. And it's not clear if she ever kept riding or sculpting, and I don't think she did. Which is sad to me. But, you know. At least they got to go on and have a life, but I do think it's sad they aren't friends, and I wonder if they ever think about each other, you know? Right. I would. 
Yeah. I mean, I fell out of contact with my best high school friend mm -hmm. for many years. I thought about her all the time. Right. Wondered if she was okay. Mm -hmm. It feels like a relative, like a sister or something is Very missing. Much. And then you're Very like, much. ugh. And it made me really scared to become friends with anyone else. Same. Because Same. I was like, I'll never have that again. Mm -hmm. And if I do, it'll hurt just as much. Because mm -hmm. we split up because I married a bad dude and she was crazy. No offense, I love you, but she was doing a lot of drugs and crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm a stick in the mud. There's only so much drugs and crazy stuff I'm willing to do. And my friend had no stopping point. I've always been a fuddy-duddy. I do it now. I'm just like, well, you know, Willow, I'm going to now be a wet blanket. I was like that back then, too. And it pissed her off. I get it. Yeah. I'm bossy and shit. And so we didn't talk for, like, 15 years. But now we do, and I love her very much. She's cool. Mm -hmm. She works in the movies. I don't know. It just makes you think back to like your teenage years and how easy it would have been to convince you to kill your mom. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, me at that age. Very. Uh, yeah. if somebody had like, been like. The yeah. movie 13 came out right around the time I was 13 and oh, yes. I was that child. I was that. I believe like, that. A thousand percent. I was like huffing spray paint and <laughs> air duster and like doing all the stupid shit, like going the really terrible route. Um, Good job. And you could have definitely convinced me to do that. I don't... I think the right people could have convinced me to. The right person could yeah. have convinced me. Absolutely. But I never... I, I was, was always just... the leader in a friendship for a long time. Yeah. And so it just didn't occur to me to be that way. And I'm glad because I might have. Mm -hmm. And I just... I don't know. We, we talk about criminals and such and murderers. Like, oh, shame on them. But I want you to think about it. In the right circumstances, you could be convinced too. Absolutely. That's why I'm into true crime. Yeah. Not that I want to know what pushes. No. I want to know what pushes a person to my do it. My brain is developed. I'm never going to murder because my brain is fully developed. I'm good. But you know, like, had things happened differently, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Maybe. I've been through some fucked up, crazy shit. I just don't like the moral high horse people get on, and I'm not saying mor murder isn't mur morally wrong. Well, fucking obviously. I'm just saying you don't know what path life can take you down mm. to take you down a dark place and turn you into a dark person. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. That's why I like true crime, too. I want to know what happened. Right. And I like, I like the varying degrees. Like, I think that true crime, just like all things, is on a huge spectrum. And... You know, yeah, I'm not talking about like Andre Chikatilo who wanted to like rape and murder and eat children. Yeah, that's really it's gross. different. Yeah, different. Yeah, um, these these are more crimes of passion. I know mm -hmm. I don't believe that was the case with Paul Bernardo and Carla Hamolka. I believe no, they're, they're fucking disgusting, and I can. Uh, but, no. but most of these are crimes of passion, right? Mm -hmm. And that one definitely was. I know it was premeditated, but it's still a crime mm -hmm. of passion. They were just didn't want to be separated. Mm -hmm. And I think if they'd chilled out on worrying about whether they were gay and left those girls alone, it would, nothing bad would have ever happened. Right. I'm not saying you should let your teenager do what they want or they'll bludgeon you to death. Right. But be reasonable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let Certainly let them be gay. Yes. Maybe think about letting them move to another continent, but... Give them the gay pass. If your Let child is gay. nothing but a constant disappointment to you and you think you're a, they're a big weirdo and you're just malcontent in general, you know, why wouldn't you let them go? Yeah. That's yeah. what irritated it me is. about that. Just let her yes. go if you hate her so much. 
I don't understand that. If you're so ashamed of her. Yeah. Let her go. Yeah. God. Absolutely. But anyway. Again. Don't condoning murder and they shouldn't have killed her mom. That was fucked up. But I get irritated with this case on several levels. Same. But it's a it's great... It's a very fascinating story. Isn't it? It's very fascinating. It's and it's not something that you really hear a lot in true crime. Especially like these types of stories. I know. You really don't hear it. Well, matricide committed by a female child just doesn't happen very often. Hardly ever. Mm-hmm. Hardly ever. Mm-hmm. Especially not at the age the girls were. Mm-hmm. Just find it interesting. Yep. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's it for this case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sucked, but at least they got to live normal lives and are sorry. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but I fell in love with them as characters. I thought they were really... I mean, aside from the murder, obviously. I was on board until the murder. Yeah. I was like, could y'all just run away? Shit. Just run away. Well, and even afterwards. Look at their lives that they made afterwards. I think it's absolutely adorable. It's pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, they deserve to still be in jail. Eh. They were teenagers. They were babies. Yes. I'm not a big fan of giving teenagers adult sentences, no matter how heinous the crime. And you can come at me. I feel like our justice system is fucked up. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that kind of shit. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's for another day, though. So what should you guys do now? Since you're at the end of this episode, you're like, oh, my God, I don't have any more cruelty episodes to listen to. Well, you would if you joined our Patreon. Yes. We have extra. All the time. We, Every week. I think you get there's like up extra. to like 75 episodes, mm-hmm. 72, mm-hmm. something like that. We do an extra episode a week. No ads, which we like. And soon, new content. I'm going to be adding shit all year long, y'all. I have some great ideas. So go to patreon.com slash cruelty and check us out. Yeah. I'd also like you to, there's links in the description, and it's our link tree, which kind of holds links to all the shit we do. Willow's photography, which is pretty badass. Mm. Well, it is, yes. Me and Maris's books we wrote together, because, yeah, we went the Heavenly Creatures route without the murder. Mm. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah. Yeah. And then producer Will's music, his solo stuff, and his band, Happier Places. And they're really good. It's like if Nine Inch Nails, the Cure, and Joy Division had a really angry baby. <laughs> and then my middle child, Valentine's Art. So I would like you guys to check that out. And don't forget to rate us on your favorite podcast platform. Yeah. It does help. Mm-hmm. We want more listeners. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. And if you're not going to like rate us high, just don't rate us at just all. Just don't do it. Just be like, yeah. you can think mean thoughts yeah. in your head instead. Yeah. If you think we suck, just, just exit out. Just you can hate listen, but don't leave a mean review. What if you make us cry? Is that what you want to do? I I do cry, you know. I just want our visibility to be there. That'd so. be nice. <laughs> hey, wait until we have a lot more reviews, and then you can be a cunt. Yeah? Yeah. Well, until next time, though, goodbye, and we love you. We love you. Bye. Find us on your social media platform of choice. Linktree slash cruelty has all of the links. Check out our Patreon for exclusive episodes, merch, ad-free episodes, live ghost hunts, and much more. Please be sure to subscribe. New episodes are uploaded weekly. Thank you so much. See you next time. Music and production by Willie B.